0: This is sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Ho, ho, ho. Shake up the happiness. Wake up the happiness. Shake up the happiness. It's Christmas time. There's a story that I was told, and I want to tell the world before I get too old. And don't remember it, so let's december it and reassemble it. This is a good song, Louis. An upbeat Christmas song. A couple of big Christmas parties tonight. I know Idaho's got his, but the big one is here at WABC. Christmas 2023. Your chance to dance with Curtis Salewa. Comes up later on tonight. Before I get to Peter King, you know, you played the, uh, we played the Joe Jackson song. Is she really going out with him? And my phone started to blow up. I can't believe it. Including an American hero served this country proudly, still does, also represents hero Marine Daniel Penny, who's being bent over backwards by this atrocious Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, Thomas Kniff. He also was the guy that invited me and Danielle to Cipriani's that night where I hung out with Trump a couple of weeks ago. He says, Alu, the best songs are ones that evoke imagery, when you can listen to the lyrics and have the scenes playing in your mind. Stepping out not only has perhaps the most memorable piano hook in pop music history, but you can close your eyes and see a steamy night in 1980s Manhattan when Joe Jackson croons the lyrics. Goes on to say the girl in the video was also a smoke show. Hopefully Emily's not listening, (laughs) his wife. Um, (laughs) But uh, he's right about all that, right? Sure, Joe Jackson just... Had to beat them off with many sticks. He's not even a good-looking guy. He's no, weird-looking, right? Joking. He's yeah, like really tall and very bald tall, and, gangly. Yeah, he, yeah. Looks like the night before Christmas, <laughs> yeah, almost he a really little does. bit. But the most talented musician. Right, he's Joe Jackson. It doesn't matter exactly. So when you yep. have talent. And money. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't I, I just, this one I wrote on the subway. Very good. My next guest is Talent. I'm not sure about a lot of money, but he's got some, I'm sure. He, uh, one of the two best politicians in New York in my lifetime. Him and Rudy, great congressman out of Long Island, Homeland Security, and now a dear, dear friend of the Rosenberg family, the great Pete King. Pete, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Good morning, buddy you, no, to you,
1: Sid. Really appreciate it. How's everything going?
0: Everything's going great. Ava's home, came home last night, so we yeah. are a foursome again. And You know when Aaron is home from North Carolina and Sean is there, and you guys are a foursome. You know how – you've got more than four. You've got grandchildren, but how great that is. So thank you for asking, but I have a very important question to ask you. Yes, Curtis sir. Lee reported up this morning. I keep getting texts from Margaret Powers. She's married, by the way, to Paul King, your friend in uh, mm-hmm. Bell Harbor, running against Gregory Meeks. He also loves that Joe Jackson song. And they keep asking me the same thing. Of all the people you guys could have picked, when I say you guys, I know you were part of that process with Joe Cairo. Right. Of all the people you could have picked to run against Swazi in that special election
1: replacing George Santos, why did you pick a Democrat? Well, first of all, you say she's a Democrat, but she has run twice as Republican. She was elected as a Republican. Oh, let, me stop,
0: let me stop you right away. I say she's a Democrat. I'm not saying anything. She's registered I mean, as a Democrat. Right,
1: yeah. right, right. No, she is. In fact, to me, that shows the strength of the Republican Party. She ran as a Republican in twenty twenty one, was the first time anyone was ever elected on the Republican line from that district in the history of the county legislature. She was reelected in twenty twenty three. She has voted one hundred percent of the time. With the Republicans, she caucuses with the Republicans. She campaigns for Republicans. She is, to me, this shows the strength of the Republican Party that someone who had been a Democrat now identifies with Republicans, whether she you know she switches parties or not. To me, that's almost irrelevant. The fact is that she has 100% Republican voting record as an elected official. She ran twice as Republican. She endorses Republicans. She's had no connection with the Democratic Party whatsoever, other than the fact when she came here as an immigrant. Almost that entire community where she lives, they registered as conservative Democrats, and they did it mainly to counter the liberals in the Democratic Party. But everything about her is Republican, and her qualifications are exceptional. You know, the fact that she had been in the Israeli army, that she was a refugee, the fact that she has been worked so hard in the community and has been such a strong supporter of the Republican Party. So, to me, what's next to her name is almost irrelevant. I Meaning, it shows the strength of the Republican Party. Because for us to win, we have to bring back, uh, we have to bring Democrats over from their party, you know, into in the Republican Party. So to me, you look at her record, and it's 100 percent Republican. And again, ran twice as a Republican and also with the endorsement of the Conservative Party both times. So to me, it's really not only is it an issue, to me, it shows the strength of the Republican Party. And the reason she was selected was she was by far the most uh, inspiring of the candidates, the most impressive And she has just a tremendous record and background. So to me, she was the clear choice.
0: Danielle just sent me a picture as you were talking about all this. And I want to get to what you just said, because I agree with you, of a beautiful Christmas card that was just delivered to my house, signed by Donald, Melania and Barron Trump, straight from um, Mar-a-Lago to uh, our address in Bill Harbor. So that's like the third different thing I've received from Trump's office in the mail the last couple of weeks, which I love. But getting back to what you said, I agree with all of that. And, and, you know, Dove Hyken, he went from a Democrat to a Republican. Tulsi Gabbard did the same thing. But the question is, and again, this is my ignorance speaking, Pete. I admit it. The question is, does she actually count
1: as a Democrat? Do they get the seat or do we get the seat? Oh, we get to see. She votes with the Republicans. Like in, in in Washington, she will definitely be a Republican. She will caucus with the Republicans. She'll be with the Republicans, whether she changes her party registration. Really, doesn't matter. She will be a Republican in in Washington. Absolutely.
0: Okay, okay. Good. That's all I care about. So as long as she wins, that counts for us. Because you've got a very, yeah, very absolutely. slim margin. Okay. okay, great. Because I, I think it's even better. You know, I, I kind of used, I made it analogous to me and Bernie. You know, uh, one thing when Trump came down the escalator, if you loved him from day one and still love him, that's easy. But one of the reasons why Trump, you know this, Peter, really likes me is I admitted I voted against him. Right. I thought he ran a Stop More campaign. And he loves the fact, he loves the fact that he turned me in a different direction which is Hikin, Tulsi,
1: Mazie, all those folks. And actually, I think Donald Trump has been either an independent or a Democrat himself for a number of years.
0: That's true, too. You know, you're exactly right. He really has been. So we're uh, talking about Donald Trump. It's been the topic all morning long. Now, obviously, the state of Colorado, what they did, unconstitutional, un-American. But they get it. Now the, uh, the Trump lawyers will appeal it, bring it to the Supreme Court. But somehow or another, a state in our country, Peter King, in the United States, a state has decided that a man cannot run. They've taken the power away from the American voter and decided we don't like him, even though he's never been charged with insurrection, and we've decided he can't run. How despicable and un-American is that? Colorado should be ashamed of themselves.
1: It is absolutely disgraceful. It really is. Uh, and I would say this no matter who it was, but certainly in this case, you're right. There's been no indictment on insurrection. there no conviction on insurrection. And, you know, they talk about the 14th Amendment. Well, the 14th Amendment also guarantees due process. And there's not a hint of due process. It is absolutely, it's absolutely—it's uh, uh, a a power grasp by the Colorado court. All those judges were appointed by Democratic governors. And to it's, me, it's, really, it's, it's a terrible— Precedent to set, we're going to start taking away from the, you know, the American people, you know, to, you know, the right to elect their leaders, and have judges sitting in a state decide who's going to be on the ballot and who's not on the ballot because they believe he was guilty of a crime that he was never indicted for or even convicted of. So it's absolutely, uh, to me, shameful. I uh, would hope the Supreme Court hears the case quickly, throws it out quickly, and just go on with the election, let the American people decide.
0: I know you heard Steve Bannon on this show earlier. And uh, he said it, and it's hard to argue, because all these things that was supposed to really hurt Trump, right, Pete, from, you know, from going back to his days as president with the impeachment nonsense, and and uh, then, of course, he's been indicted here four times, he's got civil trials, and his numbers continue to go up. I mean, last week was another great week for Donald Trump. They kept talking about Nikki Haley's surge. There's no surge. She moved a couple of points ahead of Ryan DeSantis in New Hampshire. That's it. She went up three points. Trump went up ten so, no matter what they do to this guy, what they're doing is making his trip back to Pennsylvania Avenue
1: even easier. Did they not realize that, those dummies? Yeah, they don't. Again, th- this to me is classic of uh, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. These people hate Trump so much. They're doing all they can to stop him, not realizing that everything they do just falls into the trap of Trump saying, you know, these guys are about to get me. They're, they're afraid to meet me head on. They're using all these you know, swamp tactics to get me. So, no. His numbers keep going up. The more they go after him with these, Ridiculous-type charges. Listen, there's things they can say legitimately if they want to about uh, one candidate or another, but to deny the American people a right to vote for someone shows to me that you're petrified and you're scared of the guy being elected.
0: Here's uh, some Eric Adams news. I love doing the city stuff with you, too, Pete. That's what's great about you. You can do the national stuff, the city stuff. Heck, you can talk about sports, too. But I know you heard this. I'm going to play it again. Eric Adams, two days ago, Channel 11 Uh, Talking about the year in review, 2023, and only God knows why he included 9-11. But he did. If you missed it, Pete, which I know you didn't, it sounded like this. Lewis, cut number
1: four. We've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023,
0: right? (laughs)
2: So when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it in a substitute in one word, what would that word be? And tell me why. Uh, New York. Uh, This is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, This is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe.
0: Now, we all know what he meant to say. He meant to say we've come back, which we haven't. That would be a lie, but that's fine. He can say it. We've come back 22 years later. Look at the people, their resilience. That's what he meant to say, but he didn't say it. So if I'm Eric Adams yesterday, right, and I'm pressed about it, I go, listen, guys, give me a break. You know what I meant to say? I meant to say we're resilient and New York is back. But given the opportunity, Peter, he didn't do that. When pressed and asked why he would include 9-11 in that statement, here was Eric Adams' answer. I want your
2: response. Cut number five. The sentence sentence police that sit in front of the TV and say, let's wait to see Eric make one sentence that we can turn into a front page. Listen, you're going to find many of them because I'm authentic and I'm going to talk the way New Yorkers talk. Not me. And I think it's an insult as someone who served during 9-11, served during 9-11. I didn't read about it. I didn't hear about it. I lost very dear friends and colleagues. I've said it over and over again, the resiliency, the complexities of our city. 9/11 was a devastating time. I still remember getting calls of my loved ones and friends and colleagues that I lost. Those who take my comments in good faith are not going to try to turn them around and all of a sudden say you are trying to desecrate the 9/11. Listen, th- those who have those evil feelings in their heart is going to take it that way. People knew what I was saying. The city is complex and much of the complexity, believe it or not, you guys don't even know about. Know about. You don't deal with what I deal with every day in this city all day. You you cannot you hold on, we don't we don't cut each other off. We we you cannot imagine how complex this city is every day that this team has to respond to. And so that is what I was saying. And those who, those who understand, you know, the way I communicate, um, they know it wasn't being offensive. Those who don't, they're going to find a reason always. Um, 8.3 million people, 36 million opinions. So
0: I like Eric Adams personally. I think he's a lousy mayor. I like him personally, but that's not the answer I was looking for. He had an opportunity, I think, to come out and say, hey, I meant to say this and this is what I said. Instead, he came back with an angry response. Peter King's thoughts.
1: Yeah, first of all, obviously he made a big mistake the way he said it the first time. Again, we all can make mistakes, but he had the chance to really rehabilitate that, to say, here's what I meant. I, you know, everyone should know how I feel, and my heart goes out to all those who died at 9-11, all the family uh, members of those, and I, I assure you I will never make this mistake again. It was a mistake of the you know, the heart, whatever he had such an opportunity. Instead, he made himself a victim. He somehow <laughs> made it sound as if uh, everyone was ganging up on him. And it was, it was really, a, it was just, he had a bad sense of timing there. And you wonder what's going on in his mind. He, he could have used that as a real opportunity. If he wants to bring New York back together again, That you know, that's one way he could have. been. Speaking of New York, let me just say, it was mentioned before, this is the 10th anniversary of the two cops who were killed in Pepper uh, uh, and Ramos and Wenjian Liu. I remember going to those funerals. That, to me those are days that you never forget. Mm-hmm. And that to me, if you want to talk about the spirit of New York and so you know, those cops who put their lives on the line every day for us. And I just wish Eric Adams somehow could have just brought that into the whole tapestry of New York, the fighting spirit, coming back, not making himself you know, the victim. Like if I let's say for some reason just mis you know, mispronounced the names of those cops and you brought me up on it, I wouldn't be telling you what a victim I am. I said, Oh my god, there's poor cops and their families. So again he's transferring sympathy for himself when it should be going toward others
0: well said that was the perfect answer peter king and you're right it's the ninth anniversary i believe by the way of uh, the uh, that animal from baltimore coming here and assassinating those two cops i had the chance actually peter to meet mrs right. it's lou the ninth
1: anniversary. You're right. yeah i met mrs it's lou uh, a
0: couple of days ago with paul de at the dea christmas party and I had no idea what to say. Like, what do you say? I mean, you know, the guy was murdered. He was a cop. My God. In fact, I met a bunch of uh, husbands and fathers and wives of murdered officers that day at the DEA party. And it's always very difficult. I never know what to say, which is hard for me because I talk all the time. So well, on the way out here, Peter, Monday's Christmas and you got New Year. So this will be the last time you and I speak on the air, not off the air, but on the air until 2024. What does the King family have planned for these beautiful holidays?
1: Actually, uh, Rosemary and I are flying down to uh, North Carolina to be with my daughter, Erin, and her husband, John, my grandchildren, Jack and Katie May. So we're coming back early next week, and we're having Christmas, a, a second Christmas dinner with Sean here in New York. So, nice. uh, no, it's a great time for family to get together, not to overdo it, just to really quietly enjoy, you know, the spirit of the season. Thank God for the friends we have. Thank God for everyone's good, good health. And just, you know, keep going forward. And, uh, again, most importantly, I think, to remind yourself of all the good friends you have out there.
0: And you are certainly one of ours, you and Rosemary and Erin, uh, of course, your daughter, Sean, your son, your beautiful grandchildren. You're just a terrific guy. You are an amazing politician. We miss you. We miss you in that role. But getting to know you personally over the last couple of years as well as I do, I can tell you very few people I know, if any, better than you. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year you and Rosemary. Have a safe trip to uh, Charlotte, and I'll talk to you in, uh, in a couple of weeks, my man. Thank you so much. There you, said Thank you.
2: Needed.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Take Bye. care of the great Peter King right there.
2: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call, quickgranger.com or just stop by.